Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron podcast. podcast. Yeah, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove, and uh, this is a witchy podcast. If you are watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, and do all that kind of stuff. If you're listening to this on your podcast network of choice, uh, leave us a review. That's the only way we know how you listen, because podcast, podcast statistics are basically a guess yeah uh at this point in time and uh if you're new here welcome uh this is a witchy podcast where we uh talk about witchy stuff that she wrote a study for and uh (laughs) you know she studied and like wrote a thing about and uh, i'm just the color commentary because you know whatever i know a bunch of stuff or something and Uh, your commentary is quite colorful it is like your hair it is well it's mostly just because i'm crazy uh, but uh, today we're talking about Spellcrafting 102, Book of Shadows and Grimoires. Um, and then, uh, I don't know what else. That's what we're talking about. And uh, I think we're just going to hit it. Oh, we have a Patreon. That's the thing that I forgot to bring up. We have a Patreon. <laughs> so I'd like to thank our patrons. Uh, we'll give them a shout out. Um towards the end and uh if you would like to join our patreon and support more witchy content like this uh we're over uh we're at nerdjive over on patreon and or if you're listening to this and you want to see our silly faces we're at nerdjive on youtube as well um so just visit nerdjive.com for all those links yep. our next podcast is going to be um all the way at the bottom is going to be in bulk 102. That's a lie. Our next podcast is actually going to be the next pub chat because That's we right. do these every single week. So stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Yeah. Um, what is a grimoire or a book of shadows? Well, first of all, this is uh, Spellcrafting 102. So mm-hmm. we're building off of the information that we gave in episode four, which is Spellcrafting 101. And that gave like a real basic, but also like very fleshed out summary of how to research a spell, how to write a spell, how to do a spell, and also spell aftercare. So um, if you're interested in spell casting and you haven't really done much of that and you don't really know where to start, also listen to that episode. Good start, yeah. Yeah. And we're not experts on any of this. The spells that we that we uh, write at the end of these, if you stay tuned till the end, we're going to give you a couple of spells about the thing that we're talking about and some correspondences and stuff. Uh, our correspondences are uh, gathered through uh, in an inordinate amount of research where we have a database of uh, of correspondences and our spells are written by us just as two people yeah. in the witchy heathen space because... Uh, yeah, with yeah. literally a lifetime of research. Yeah. Our lifetime. Our research. lifetimes of research. But uh, yeah, so we're not experts. We're just some people doing some research and trying to share this stuff and build like a witchy community and stuff. So let's... Uh, Let's get, Let's get at it. it. Yeah. yeah. So um, we're going to start first by talking about a grimoire because yeah. there's a lot more about that. And that's kind of a great a starting point. A grimoire. Yeah. Um, so grimoire is spelled G-R-I-M-O-R-O-I-R-E. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, and um, it is essentially a magical textbook that contains instructions for performing spells, rituals, divica- divication. I tried to make divination in... Invocations, the same word? Yeah. Um, divination, invocations, charms, and enchantments. And they often have uh, additional reference information in them, like correspondences, especially some of the old, old grimoires. You can find information about herbs and stones, that sort of thing. Um, you can also find important dates and pretty much anything that you need. Think of it as like a magical resource book. 
Uh, and some people believe that these books themselves have magical power. Um, but that does not mean that they are evil or that they are written by the devil or any of that stuff. It's just a reference book. It's like saying a grimoire is evil is like trying to say that an encyclopedia is evil. Uh, and for those of you that are too young to remember what a physical encyclopedia was, it's basically like saying Wikipedia is evil. Well, <laughs> well it could be. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't it could be. Maybe they're thing. part of the Shadow Illuminati. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the word itself, grimoire, comes from the old French word grammaire. Uh, and it originally referred to any book that was written in Latin. Um, and by the 1700s, it was a pretty common term that referred to only books of magic, many of which would have been written uh, in Latin um, for f fancy points. Although at some point it was also used for um, describing any book that was difficult for someone to, en to understand. So for me, calculus tech book also a grimoire. I mean, it's a grimoire for calculus, insofar as <laughs> it's a book that contains the esoteric knowledge for a particular practice. So, yeah, that technically works. Calculus isn't that complicated. It's just addition with more steps. Yeah, I'm going to say it's a grimoire in that it's complicated. Nah, all math is understand. just addition with more steps. Uh, so, <laughs> the first written spells date back to about the 5th century BCE in Mesopotamia. And um, we kind of had books then but also not really so you can really kind of say that that's not quite the first grimoire but also yes at the same time because yeah, scrolls and clay tablets, yeah they right? wrote on tablets and scrolls and whatnot yeah, so wax it's boards and such exactly uh, but so that's the that's really like the first written spell that we have so we can kind of trace that back to being the beginning of the grimoire but in the first century common era uh, a Roman author named Pliny the Elder wrote that magic had been discovered in about 647 BCE by Zoroaster, who was a prophet, a magician, and he was also the founder of Zoroastrianism. Um, and that magic wasn't written down for another 150 years, and then also by a different guy. So most scholars today think that Pliny the Elder, in, the, in reference to this, was just like totally wrong and just like making stuff up. They were just like, that doesn't make sense literally at all. Well, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so we're not really sure what he was talking about, but um, we do know that writing down magical spells is not quite as old as maybe we think it is, but also maybe it's older and that stuff just hasn't really survived. Um, <clears throat> but uh, especially because of the Christianization of Europe. Drinking game for those of you that are regular listeners. Um, so during the Christianization of Europe, and in particular when um, Christianity became the main religion for the Roman Empire, the church connected books of magic, even those that had to do with Christianity, um, as like capital C Christianity, um, they considered those to be evil and pagan, and so they encouraged, and they even paid people to burn books of magic. And some of these were a bit more pagan, some of these were a bit more Hellenistic, some of these were a bit more Egyptian, but also some of these had uh, had a lot of ties to the um, to Abrahamic religions, in yeah. particular. Oh, there were um, certainly several books of, of Moses, yeah. where um, purportedly, because these no longer exist, because um, you know. But there are references that talk about these books, like several books of Moses, 
Exodus that talk about how Moses was able to conjure gods and spirits, how he was able to fight off and banish demons, as well as several other magical things. And that's only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to Abrahamic religions, but I'm not, this is not a podcast about that. I could talk for a whole hour and a half about all of that stuff that I learned. Um, and this this part where they encouraged and paid people to burn their own books is actually known in the New Testament as the book burning at Ephesus. There's um, several works of art, particularly from the Renaissance and in the 1800s that picture this. And um, I just want to say uh, that's horrifying that the Christians were like, burn the books. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Generally, totalitarian regimes are pretty pro-burning books because book-learned people tend to be less obedient than uh, non-book-learned people. Yeah, yeah. With regard to being like, wait a minute, that sounds stolen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or absurd <laughs> or something to that extent. Yeah. Or, but somebody else has this <clears throat> differing point of view. And yeah, that's, yeah, totally. You know, totally. definitely it. Um, and, and even despite all of that, the church was never able to completely eradicate grimoires, obviously, based on historical record. Yeah. Um, so they started to hundreds of years later they started to draw a line between what they called natural magic which was usually like spells and, and charms used for medicinal purposes or sometimes yeah. for like fidelity and infertility church is okay with that stuff uh but they were not okay with things that had to do with demonic magic which was like literally everything else yeah. um so if it wasn't about a plant and it wasn't about like herbalism yeah if, if it, it wasn't about if herbalism, it herbalism and it wasn't no, about no, no. like you know procreation it was basically like totally frowned upon yeah um and there's a <laughs> the the wild thing about this is there's a ton of evidence that shows that medieval clergymen were active practitioners of magic particularly ceremonial magic and not only did they did they practice ceremonial magic but they also owned grimoires and they were the main people who transcribed them and circulated them amongst others whether it's other clergymen or other like ultra rich basically um and there are a few grimoires that have that are either directly attributed to or believed to have been written under a pen name by different popes throughout time mm -hmm. so as much as they really didn't want people doing magic they had people have been doing grimoire stuff for a yeah, long time yeah 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 there's a um there's uh a series of books in the Magic the Gathering series, I think I've told you about this before, that, um, where it's like the Church of the, the Church of the Golden Sun or some nonsense like that, and they're just like, everybody who does magic is bullshit. Look at our magic flaming swords empowered by yeah. God. And, like, all the wizards are like, that's just fucking magic. What? Like, I think about that shit all the time because it, like, it's clearly a reference to, yeah. like, religions that, like, cut down other religions. But yeah. Yeah. yeah, I always think about that. Just like, that, that's just magic, but with like different steps, motherfucker. What that's are you just, doing? Yeah, that's just like that guy's magic over there. Yeah, he's like, no magic except for this. <laughs> Jesus magic or whatever. Yeah, it reminds me of, as, as like a Californian, it reminds me of like how people are very specific about their favorite like Mexican restaurant. And I'm not talking like, like, like you know chevy's or no we're not talking Chevy's or anything talking like about, that i'm like talking about like a proper, proper taqueria yeah like a proper um, and taqueria. people are very very i like i i like to think of as a californian that 
Mexican food is like a religion because you feel very, very strongly about your place for Mexican yeah. food. Yeah. And I'm not um, risk it and, at like some new Yeah, taqueria. and like every place else is like not as good because yeah. it's not yeah. the same. Yeah. If you're and... not in California, if you're not from California, this probably sounds insane. <laughs> also, also, if you're not from California and you think you have good taquerias, you probably don't. Like I just wanna I just wanna let that out there. Or maybe you I was do. in I was in Minnesota and these guys were just like these, they're just like you're from California. This is the best place. Look, at the, we got to come to this Mexican food place. And we went to this Mexican food place, and it was like okay at best. Like, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good either. It was like it was very, you know, like not California Mexican food. And and I'm just like, what is this? But also, we're from Northern California, and I guarantee people from SoCal are just like, you guys don't know shit about Mexican food. Yeah, because they got that like good good Mexican food. Down and there. people from Texas, you know? yeah, and yeah, Arizona, totally. all Every, this, all everybody's the got their states. like got yeah. their like food war, their internal state food war. I mean, for us. <laughs> It's definitely, well, it's it's a bunch of stuff. It's taquerias, it's donut places. Let me tell you what we fight about donut it's places. It's burger places. It's burger places. Holy shit. So many arguments about Five Guys versus In-N-Out versus Sub Mom and Pop Shop. Well, and you and I often uh, argue about the better hot dog place. Yeah, better chili dog place. Or hot dog place in general, because I'm a I'm a Wiener Schnitzel guy, and, and I'm uh, very firmly a Casper's yeah. girl. For for a regular hot dog, Casper's is better. For a chili dog, which is the point, that's what I want. Wiener Schnitzel is better. See, if I want a hot dog, I want then I want fifteen Wiener Schnitzel with everything on it. Like that is my. With like, with the they have these drinks that are like orange that they call orange fizz, and it's kind of like a like a like a proto orange Julius, where it's like creamy orange soda. And I know the way that I'm describing that sounds super gross. It's not. It's, it's like a delicious. creamsicle. It's like an orange creamsicle. It is like yeah. an orange creamsicle yeah. in a cup. And um, we don't live anywhere near a Casper's or a Wiener Schnitzel. No. So you um, it's um, it's 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 awful. Anyway. Um, <laughs> if Wiener Schnitzel or somebody who works for Wiener Schnitzel is listening to this podcast, bring one to Sonoma County. What's up? Same thing for Casper's. Uh, yeah, I'll yeah. take both. And a Sonics. We were supposed to get a Sonics like eight million years ago, and we didn't get that. I think they're still building it. Who knows? Yeah, I don't think. I think that that might be a lie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We'll probably get another Walmart before we get a Sonic. Oh, <laughs> we already have one. We have two. Oh shit! Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. we do. <laughs> So anyway, uh, during the Renaissance, uh, interest in magic exploded, like Super boom, hot. exploded. And um, grimoires were everywhere. Grimoires about demons, about exorcisms, about natural magic, ceremonial magic, and literally everything in between were very, very popular. And uh, part of this is because of the invention of the printing press. It helped to get these books into more people's hands, especially the less wealthy. Because um, I don't know if you've ever tried to copy a 300-page book by hand, because I have not. And I can only imagine no. that that would be a lot of work. Yeah. Um, especially as someone who... I got who, garbage handwriting, too. I'm, I'm going to copy like, that grimoire and they're going to be like, this is less I hardly legible. write anything anymore no. because I like everything that I do for my job is like digital mm. and I'm a very like digital first kind of person. Um, so even writing the amount of handwriting that goes onto like a post-it by the time I'm done, I'm like, God, what am I doing? Oh, I write. Writing ton. by I hand. I write a ton of stuff. Like a yeah, peasant. I write all the time. Uh, <laughs> 
So, um, so yeah, the printing press helped get it into a lot of people's hands because it made it so that people who were not connected to the church and not super wealthy were able to obtain and read books, either because they were purchasing them or like one person in town bought it and then everybody else is going to read it, you know, that kind of thing, passing yeah. it between your group of friends. Um, now, that said, handwritten books were especially prized, especially handwritten grimoires, because yeah. people thought that they had very special inherent magical powers because of the handwriting yeah the necessitation of, of like intent in writing these things down yeah and during this time is um also when the kabbalah which is a magical system that's based on jewish mysticism became popular so that was everywhere there were grimoires about that and during the renaissance magic also became increasingly associated with demons so the church again sort of seeing that people were practicing magic tried to crack down on it by by saying like these are evil inviting demons and they don't want you to have any part in that they're basically trying to scare you away and you know there are several hundreds thousands of people throughout the renaissance that are like sign me up for demons yeah right um i mean i would go for demons and <laughs> Cool and and yeah. part of this like push and play sort of dynamic is is what helped to birth the Inquisition as well as the witch hunts. Yeah. And um, in most cases, those those people who simply owned a grimoire, regardless of the reason, regardless of what type of grimoire, um, those people were were typically put to death for yeah. witchcraft. What's that? A cookbook in Latin? Burn them. Exactly. Yeah. Does she weigh as much as a duck? burner yeah now what, most of whatever the that roughly, scientific method is yeah now most of the roughly forty thousand people who were killed during this time during the witchcraft trials didn't own grimoires but it is an important thing to note that people who were not witches quote unquote were still put to death because they owned a book about yeah. magical curiosities yeah yeah puritans hating on magical folk is uh par for the historical course at this point mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah. And then it just sort of kept going through this sort of push and pull cycle um, until we hit like 18th century France. So in the 1700s in France, there were some new printing techniques that um, sort of came around. And this meant that more and more grimoires were being owned by Laser more printers. and more people. And they were teaching people how to read, in particular, like women and poor people. And um, soon we saw that there were um, booksellers that had grimoires um, available for purchase. And and a lot of the old grimoires that we have are in French or originated in French because that was the, the author's language purely because of this. And it would not have been uncommon to see a grimoire in a, um, in a French home where someone was able to read. I mean, it's kind of edgy, right? You might as well. Um, and also the French were very sort of trying to buck that trend. Mm -hmm. And people would even travel to other countries um, during this time frame to purchase grimoire. So people not from France would travel there. And people even from France would travel to Switzerland, uh, was a very popular place to travel and either obtain magical texts or to study with other occultists. Um, so it was just this sort of like huge underground, but also like not really underground sort of thing uh, about it. And not only did people continue copying old grimoires like ancient grimoires um, but they're also writing new ones and soon we saw books on the history and theory of magic pop up we have a lot of grimoires that are supposedly attributed to someone and then that person didn't write them in particular solomon 
of like ancient myth. Uh, I mean, yeah. not really myth. He was a real dude who you know reigned over a real yeah. city, King Solomon, um, the yeah. Solomon, yeah, the King yeah. Solomon. He Two has, halves of a baby Solomon. He, yeah, he has somewhere between three and eight grimoires attributed to his name, depending on who you are um, asking, what kind of scholars you're looking at, yeah. and it is believed that that he didn't write any of these mm. literally any of them not that he wasn't a magic user and not that well, he didn't write grimoires it, well he would have been he none been of these reads burn everything that is in a bible times yeah. so that's and any grimoire that lost. he would have written would have likely ended up in the library of alexandria which was destroyed also destroyed so um you know so that's so there's a lot of things like that where there's a lot of people who are prominent magical figures in history where they're like oh this is their grimoire but like they didn't write that yeah um or there are also like, popular people like who did write grimoires I, I feel there's like that too often that's kind of a telephone game thing where it's like this is this is a grimoire to solomon right like 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 i've studied solomon and we think and, this is what and, he did. and this is what i'm vibing on with solomon and like so this is like my grimoire to solomon uh, like for whatever and then like at by the phone game and translations they just like drop the two and all of a sudden it's the grimoire like of solomon you yeah, know what i mean yeah i think so, a like, lot I, of it i feel i feel like some of it certainly i mean some of it's also like swindlers being like yeah. oh i wrote this grimoire and they're like nobody cares who who you or are or somebody like, who was just like Alistair super fanboying out about someone and they yeah. wrote a grimoire from their perspective yeah. and are trying to pass it off because that makes them feel cooler yeah like there's definitely a, a lot of stay that. cool <laughs> definitely Bro, a lot guns. of that um and there's a lot of prominent people throughout history that wrote um what we would consider a grimoire today but what maybe not had been considered a grimoire back then like mm. we own a modern printed copy uh of the king james demonology book which is considered a grimoire and you own several yeah. icelandic magic books yeah. which would also be considered grimoires yeah um so it's not just an old-timey book bound in the like the 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 skin of of a human and yeah. you know tanned or whatever like the ne the necronomicon is yeah. um they're also just like regular old books yeah. just regular books yeah so that is sort of the basis of grimoires and that helps us to move on to book of shadows and i for many people in the magical books community of they are interchangeable the terms and again i don't see anything wrong with them being interchangeable terms book of shadows is a very very new term to be used to refer to magical text okay. in fact it was created in the 1970s by gerald gardner the create the the founder of wicca uh and a book of shadows hmm. initially contained magical rituals specific to wicca and in the beginning there was only one book per coven and that book was kept by the high priest or priestess and was supposed to be burned upon their death oh it didn't like pass down no. the family line oh that's super crazy like all the like 90s witchy shows were like this is being passed down from your mom 
surprise witch. This is being passed down from your grandma. Surprise witch. You know? Yeah. Like yeah. that was that was the hot thing. Yeah. Obviously witch. that did not work very well. Um and then soon most people in the coven had their own copy and people yeah. stopped and, and people would burn the copy what after they had copied all the memory? good stuff. Um, you know, they would burn that person's copy as sort of like a, a last rite of mm -hmm. theirs. Um and the term itself, Book of Shadows, is not even entirely something that Gerald Gardner made up. Um, so he wrote a short story, um, called High Magic's Aid, a fiction novel. Actually, I'm sorry, not a, not a short story. He wrote a fiction novel mm -hmm. called High Magic's Aid. This was before he founded Wicca. So before he founded Wicca in 1949, he wrote this book called High Magic's Aid. It's a fiction book about witchcraft and fantasy. I've never read it. Hadn't even heard of it until I started looking into this. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the 1949 issue of the occult observer there is a um an ad for his book and like literally right next to it or like on the next page is an article written by a by a palmist and uh, and i think it's uh mia bash mir bashir uh, a female palmist, she wrote an article about an ancient Sanskrit divination technique that would foretell events by looking at somebody's shadow. And the article that she wrote was titled Book of Shadows. And it is thought, I mean, he's dead, so we can't ask him. Mm -hmm. It is thought that he saw this and was like, oh, I should use that as the term That's for a great the book name. thing. Yeah. Because it did not appear in his novel anywhere. So he kind of like L. Ron Hubbarded Wicca, and I hadn't even realized that. Hmm. He basically wrote a book. And then was like, wait a minute. And then was like, wait a minute. I should turn this, I should flesh this out and turn this yeah, into a religion. Let's, let's flesh this out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, honestly, Book of Shadows, great name. Why not use it? I mean, yeah. to me, that's sort of the same thing. You know, you know, people talk like, oh, you like you stole a thing or whatever. Like how many kids' names are fucking Khaleesi? Or, I was just or, reading a or some thing shit today like that right now about like, kids' like, names that's just, from that's like sci-fi and fantasy. Work, right? Like when you see something cool, right? Like okay, Grimoire is a cool name, and Book of Shadows is a cool name. Now, which one do you want to call it? Right? Do you want to call it a Book of Shadows or a Grimoire? Right? And then when you're talking to people, you're gonna be like, ah, my Book of Shadows, blah 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 blah, or like ah, my Grimoire, blah 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 blah. And like if somebody hears that and they're like, oh shit, I've just been calling it like a spell book because like all I knew was charmed or whatever. Yeah. Right. And they're like i'm gonna call it a book of shadows also like that totally makes sense to me that's just sort of like linguistic shift in yeah. my opinion you know yeah and like let's be perfectly frank book of shadows very dope name yeah right so like yeah. yes go ahead right yeah I support <laughs> right um and the first book of shadows written by gardner was um mostly not his original material this is not to like poo poo on this guy right yeah. but like this is like uh, well, it just, like it just info, wasn't. That's right? just a fact. Yeah, so the first book was mostly contained not his own original material. It contained material, a lot of material, from Aleister Crowley. Aleister Crowley. Yeah, Aleister um, Crowley. Aleister Crowley. Uh, and a few other grimoires that were famous throughout time, as well as some things from Freemason rituals. I don't know if he was a Mason himself. I don't um, But he definitely hmm. included some stuff there. So... Um, a woman named Doreen Valiente, who uh, she's not widely called the mother of Wicca, but she was one of the one of the early high priestesses of this of Wicca, mm -hmm. original Wicca, Wicca TM, yeah. TM. Um, she saw this and was just like, hey, like um, you can't just like give this to people because this isn't your words. Mm. <laughs> 
Uh, and he literally said to her, well, if you think you can do better, go ahead and rewrite it. And then she rewrote. And then she rewrote many sections of his Book of Shadows, partly to remove the flavor of some of the other grimoires, particularly uh, Aleister Crowley, um, and because he borrowed so heavily from him, but also to bring it more in line with the evolving practices and beliefs of Wicca. And then that became the Wicca TM the, like, grimoire. B the base model Wicca TM grimoire. And then obviously if each coven had their own, it I would imagine that they shifted. Yeah, Things yeah, and, and Wicca has evolved in, in, incredibly from a the lot beginning since oh, yeah. then. Sorry, sorry, you know, sorry. so that's um, and and there are different sects within Wicca, and they each kind of work in their own way. But thanks to this, thanks to this, um, this thing with the Book of Shadows and her rewriting it, and also some drama with Gardner and his rival because he had like an arch nemesis. Um, was who, his arch nemesis also creating a Wicca? Uh, and I don't, if so, what was it called? and why is there not a fucking TV series about this? Please make a TV series about um, 70s witches there waging war. There should be. And I, I, I don't remember his name I and I, I did not put it in these Dude, notes. Dude, HBO, I wish I had. get off your uh, ass. But basically... Um, in the 70s, I think, or maybe a little bit later on, but like later on, Gardner's arch nemesis rival guy mm -hmm. published sections of his book of shadows and was like look at this guy mm. this oh, guy is such a was tool. it was it like like was it like gardner was like ah magic and like nature and stuff and his his arch nemesis was just like only science none it's all bullshit i don't think it was that's that. a that's a um, less but fun I'm gonna, series i'm definitely gonna find more that's a less fun tv it. series yeah but still a fun tv series i mean honestly we're uh, we're watching a discovery of witches right now which is yeah. which is good it's fun um, but I would love like uh, I would love like a drama like a docudrama, you know. So it's like it's like loosely based on the stuff, but also we're gonna make it like more gangster um, about <laughs> like like one. I would love one about Aleister Crowley, and there have been. I mean, he's shown up in a couple of the shows that we've watched. Yeah, but I would super love one about Gardner and like Wicca and like the formation of it and like a bunch of drama like that. Plus, we get like six seventies outfits. Who doesn't love 70s clothes? Yeah. I, mean, I guess a bunch of yeah. people, but you're all wrong, so well, fine. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to dig up some information about his rival yeah, and what that looked like, because I'm just like, what yeah. even is I also want to get uh, Gardner's first book. Yeah. Right? I mean, Hubbard's uh, Battlefield Earth is a fucking fantastic science fiction book. Long. Long is all get out. But but it's a good book. I've read it yeah. several several times. Yeah. So I yeah, I would I would super love to. Yeah, you've only seen the movie and don't. It's not a it's not a great. Movie. Don't see that movie, man. Uh, <laughs> that movie is bad. I I watched the movie before I saw the book and and before I read the book and uh, it's got some My nice dad was like, "You should read the book," and I was landscapes. like, "This movie was horrible." Why would I read this book? And he hands me this bloody paperback, and it's like this thick, you know? I mean, it's like as, it's like as thick as like two and a half paperbacks. And I'm just like, this is long and awful. No, I'm not gonna read this. And he he was just like, read it, read it, read it. Finally, I was just like, fine, f fucking fine. I'll give it a little bit. And I read it and like immediately crushed the book and was just like, oh my god, this was so good. And he's like, right? And I was like, what did they read when they made this movie? Did somebody read like the Spark Notes? And was like, got it. I'll fill it yeah, in, basically. whatever, right? Do, do it on the day. Do, you know what? I didn't script this. Do it live. Just make it up. Who cares? Like, ooh, boy, that is a bad movie. But it's a very good book. Very interesting. Yeah.
So anyway, thanks to this drama with Gardner and his rival and sort of the evolution and necessity of how one would use a Book of Shadows, which really is just a grimoire with a different name, yeah. by the way. Um, it was pretty common for Wiccans to have the standard, quote, Book of Shadows as written by Gardner and Valiente, as well as one of their own, which was like a personal journal of magical acts as well as information. And as Wicca and modern witchcraft has evolved since the 70s to now, um, the term Book of Shadows typically means a more personal record of magic and notes, um, whereas a grimoire is usually something like old and fancy. Mm. Uh, and sometimes a Book of Shadows is also called a Book of Mirrors, which old includes busted, thoughts and feelings. Hotness. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but there's a lot of... there's tons and tons and tons of movies and TV shows and books and all of that stuff talking about magic and witchcraft and you can see grimoire and you can see book of shadows and you can see all these fancy books pop yeah. up throughout time in those yeah. so it's Qu really question, great question changed. of the day what do you call your grimoire comma book of shadows like what do, what do you call that how would you do that like I don't really write that stuff down I mean I write it down in my journal app but that's not organized for magic um in a way, I call it the Horn and Cauldron podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we have a podcast. We also have a bunch of Book of Shadows pages. Come cut to commercial break. Uh, if you join. And I write all the spells for them, and I test yeah. the spells, yeah. and I have all yeah, the correspondences. We do, like, research and shit for this, and, and we yeah. keep, obviously, like, all of our notes. I have so many hard drives uh, with documentation for everything. Uh, but, yeah. We make a Book of Shadows page for every one of these podcast episodes. I'm like three or four behind. Yeah. Because uh, they're not easy to do, by the way, where we take the and notes. They are loaded with information. Yeah, we take oh, the notes. so much information. And the, correspond the complete list of correspondences, because we only go over some of them um, live in the podcast, because it would, be, it would be a very long podcast if we did. We go yeah. over all of them, and so we get the notes and the spells and all that stuff, and I take that and I make, like, beautiful Book of Shadows pages um like in photoshop and uh put them in pdfs for our horn and cauldron podcast coven yeah. uh patreon tier so if you're interested in that printable check too. Them out. they're very printable in fact, in fact we have all them... of them are printed one of these days we'll have, i'll have to do a tour of my art hallway which is like <laughs> art and books and literally like so high up that i can't even reach it like just barely um is just Book of Shadows pages. They're all over. Because yeah. every one that I make, before I, like, post it on Patreon, I print it out here. So you can do but your Book yeah. of Shadows digitally, which, like, ours are, are digital, right? Um, but I print it out to make sure that if somebody wanted to print it, like, it would line up good. We had one, one time, that when I printed it, one letter came out white. All the, all the letters, so all the text weird. was black. One letter was white. I went back to the the PDF and I was like, "Oh, this letter's white in the PDF." Also, what the heck? Go to the go to the uh, you know Photoshop file. Black letter. Don't know what's going on. I tried to fix it like a bunch of times. I don't even know if I actually got it fixed. There might be a Book of Shadows page with one white letter in it. I think it's an S. Um, just because I think you ended up having to make it like an image and putting it on top of the yeah, text. Or yeah, or, yeah, like or yeah, or I hit it. I hit it with tomfoolery. Um, but yeah, it's just. That happens, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, so your Book of Shadows doesn't even have to be written down. It can be totally something digital. 
Um, yeah, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a, in a second. Yeah. So that's kind of like all the history of the Book of Shadows and the Grimoires. So um, one of the things that I, I think that is like a sort of a common belief about Grimoire and Book of Shadows, and really I'm just going to continue to use these words mostly interchangeably. Oh, yeah. Um, is that it has to be fancy and it has to have like fancy ink and you have to write it in a different language because it needs to be in like a magical language. Um, and it needs to have like drawings and stuff but the thing about it is is you can have it be whatever you want yeah uh in particular what we recommend um just as us being magic users is that you use a twofold system so you have a book of shadows that you use as a magical journal which has like spells and charms and when you do divination you write down your outcomes there uh and any like signs thoughts or feelings and that's sort of like your day-to-day -day stuff so like you do a spell write down the spell that you did the thing in. And then once you like have more information, you put the, you put that into the grimoire. So using the book of shadows as like a magic journal and the grimoire as like a textbook or like a reference book that you use for tried and true spells and instructions and correspondences and yeah. other information yeah. that's helpful yeah. for your practice. Now that's just our recommendation. You do not have to take any of these recommendations at all, or you can take all of them. That's totally up to you. Yeah. Uh, but I have found that for many, people there is a satisfaction to having a fancy old tiny looking grimoire as well as it is necessary to have something more like a journal so you can understand uh, yeah. your magical journey as it's happening without having to hold all that stuff in your head so i've found yeah. that separating those well, you really you want to you want to write all your stuff down right so like you know you may you may like do a tarot draw and then be like, all right, well, this is what these tarot cards mean. Uh, and if you write it down, you might come back to it like a week later and be like, I know what that meant now. Cheeky. Right. And a then, thing and then that you can update it all the time yeah. to us. So, so yeah. like, you know, keeping a journal and this is the thing, right. Uh, just like Amazon search leather bound journal. Yeah. They make like super nice like leather bound journals. You can get if you want something nice with like handmade paper and stuff. There's a ton of dope ones on mm -hmm. Etsy. Like it's super easy to get like really dope looking journals yeah. for you to write all this stuff down in and you can get them lined. You can also get them blank so that way you can like draw on them if you like not drawing on top of lines or whatever. Um and just like keep it that way. I I, I am not a good journal keeper uh just cuz I get lazy with I just like I don't want to write that much. Um, so, but every time I'm just like, I'm like, I gotta spend $45 on this beautiful leather, like leather bound yeah. hand pressed paper journal. And then the first five pages of the journal are filled in. And then the rest of the journal is blank and inevitably it gets lost. So yeah. Yeah, I will usually um, hesitate writing in it and then write in the back because I'm like, well, if I don't like what I'm writing here, I can just take that out and it doesn't matter. Um, and then it's just an empty journal that sits around for forever. Yeah. 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 Um, but regardless I have an app of that, forces me to write in it every day. <laughs> it's very persistent. Yeah. That helps. And I use the app. Right. It's like a. Um, it's just like a. It's just like a very basic daily affirmation journal style app. Um, but basically, one of the questions that I was just like, oh, it has this, like, what are your daily words of affirmation? I was like, piece of cake. I'm just going to write my tarot readings in it. So I quickly created a format so that way everyone's the same because I'm format driven. And um, now I record them all in there so I can go back in the past or whatever, right? And I obviously have, like, a paper schedule 
that I keep for like these videos and posts and that kind of stuff. And I write any sort of like interesting information in that. And then like, obviously I have a huge like book collection of like magical and esoteric books that yeah. I've picked up um, that I would, uh, that I would approach as like grimoires as reference material. We have had friends and family over where they're like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, hold on a second. I think I remember reading that in one of these books. Ah, you know, I yeah. saw this thing here, or like we watched a movie where they mentioned like a demon by very specific name, and I was like, I'm looking that up in my demonology book. Here it is, and here's the information. Yeah. So, like, yeah, like those are just reference books, you know. So yeah. that's kind of why we separate the two. Yeah, yeah, and there's no right or wrong way to create or to use a book of shadows or a grimoire, and um, I it doesn't need to be perfect. Oh no, it doesn't have to be fancy and written with like you know liquid ink on a fountain pen and oh yeah just do whatever like do whatever is you know? gonna, you're but gonna if that's keep what you want to do go ahead yeah. that's the important part um, is consistency you, it's yours so yeah. you want to make it how you want and what works best for you uh and also use the language that um is easiest for you it sounds super fun and like very magical to write your stuff in a different language or like font like textile like in runes or like mm. elvish or whatever um but if it's a lot of work for you and you're not fluent in it that's definitely not the best option because you're at that point sort of building barriers to allow you to stop doing that stuff yeah. so use a language you're fluent with uh, and there is some gatekeeping around what needs to be in um, Grimoires and Book of Shadows, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to hit this one first, is that you don't need to make a dedication page. Uh, if you want to make a dedication page, you can. What's that, like um, dedicating the Grimoire to a deity? Yep. Hmm. Usually to a deity or dedicating your intent. Is that like a thing that people think is mandatory? Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Learn something every day. Never even heard of one of those before. Yeah. Start your books with whatever is most useful and motivates you. Yeah. It's that simple. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, recommendations specific to like a book of shadows. Um, again, we recommend that you use that more like a journal and be sure to leave enough space in your entries so you can make notes later. Um, because you will, you, you do want to come back and look at that stuff. That way you can go like, oh, when I saw this feather on the ground that was like this color, a couple of days later, this thing happened. And then I just found another blue feather on the ground and then something similar happened again. So you can start to build yeah. correlations. You can start to understand signs and yeah. what things mean. And you don't have to fill the page in. You can put a little bit on the page. And then the next time you have something just like, you know what, not this page anymore. I'm going to do a different page. Come back to that yeah. page and add more information. You can come back to that page and just, like, color it in with, like, pictures and stuff. Uh, yeah. If you're not, like, a drawer, like, I couldn't draw a picture of a feather very well. Um, <laughs> you can also do, like, um, that thing where you cut out pictures and you stick them on. Mm -hmm. What's that called? scrapbooking you can yeah, do like, like scrapbook collage. style or like collage style or whatever yeah so yeah totally totally yeah. totally uh, i also recommend putting a calendar into the journal type book of shadows that way you can mark important magical dates a lot of people say put this in your grimoire and if you want to do that that's totally fine but for me i have found that it, that doesn't work as well because some things change dates so oh yeah 
Like, in its most basic thing, if you want to put in when the Sabbaths are, that's great. Like, absolutely, go ahead. And it's not saying you shouldn't put that in your grimoire. But keep in mind that the date for, like, the equinoxes and the solstices change the date every year. So if you're trying to say this uh, Ostara is always on March 20th, that's not true. Um, but if you say Ostara is always on spring equinox that is good so when you're putting things into the grimoire you generally want them to be more permanent if you're separating yeah. the two whereas if, if you're doing a if you're doing a two book system then you're going to want to separate the two by yeah. like like more hard information and like more sort of like this year information yeah yeah it's kind of the way that we look at it yeah it took me quite a while to calculate out all of the magical holidays um happening in 2022 and when they were and i put that in the front of mine uh and that is super helpful because a lot of those are based on like when is this full moon? And then you need to count three days. But what if that full moon is too close to the thing and then it has to go to a different full moon and there's a lot of rules. Yeah. So um, <laughs> uh, so I, I highly recommend putting in a calendar so you can mark important magical dates. And when you try a new spell or anything like that, write that stuff down in the Book of Shadows as well as the results. So make yeah. sure you're leaving that space like we talked about before. Yeah. And then go back and look through it for correlations and outcomes of spells and divination readings. Yeah. That way you can start really drawing like, those it's lines it's just like think about it like a recipe book like a cookbook right when you write down your recipe you write you write down your ingredients and you write down your process recipe that has no processes and just ingredients you might i mean sometimes it's not just put it all in a pot add warm right yeah um so you know like detail be detail oriented so that way you can replicate it if that's what your goal is or something you can analyze it if that's what your goal is so you know just kind of like, give yourself time. But you don't need to make it, like, a big job. It should be sort of, like, something that you can kind of do all the time, you know? Yeah. Like, I, like, every day I write down my tarot readings. But, you know, if I if I miss a day, I miss a day. Like, that's fine. Yeah. You know? Same. Same. You can also put, like, poems and quotes, um, magical musings in there, uh, Any anything that you're doing that is related to shadow work or divination um, workings, any deity work that you're doing, all of that stuff can go into that book of shadows in the two book system. So you're thinking, like, that's sort of like your day-to-day, -day, your diary, as it were. Mm -hmm. um, and then recommendations speci specific to the grimoire in this two book system um, is to make this as your reference book. So put useful reference material in it, like correspondences for like crystals and colors and herbs and um, put astrology info in there, like your own birth chart. If you're an, if you are into astrology and any sort of like information or instructions on how to do different types of divination, mm -hmm. uh, how to's and meanings of things. Yeah. Um, any favorite uh, tarot or oracle or rune spreads are helpful. Info on deities that you're working with is great. Obviously, rituals and spells. Uh, I highly recommend that you put it in there once you um, have done the spell and you're happy with the process of doing the spell as well as the outcome. Yeah. Because if you're just writing down the spell so you can try it later, maybe you don't really like that spell that much. Yeah. And it doesn't also be really willing to crush it out and write something new, like that. No, I didn't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Supposed to use regular mint. I only had chocolate mint. Cross it out. Chocolate mint. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So really it's a journal. 
Yeah, you can also use symbols. You can also put symbols and sigils and numerology information, moon phases, chakras. Um, definitely you can put important magical dates in there or how to calculate important magical dates. Um, festivals, sabbats, feasts, whatever. Um, you can also use our pages from the Patreon. Yep, and you could use our pages there. from the Patreon. Yep. You can make them digital. You can make it digitally and print it out. You can make it digitally and just turn it into one big old 500-page PDF. That's right. So, yeah. <laughs> but it's a good idea to think about, especially if you're doing the two-book system where you've got the grimoire and that's like your reference book, is think about how you want it arranged. Consider leaving the first few pages blank so you can add a table of contents that you sort of fill in as you do the book or any other ways to arrange it. There's a lot of tips for arranging things in the like bullet journal or like bujo sphere um, that might be helpful um, for that. Um, you can also, of course, put Paul and quotes uh, but think about how you want that stuff to be in there and how you want to categorize it so like if you put in you know information about three herbs that you really like in a row how are you going to feel when you have a fourth herb that you really like and it's not the next page yeah. so, um, and that's definitely kind of the way that that stuff goes as you're filling in a reference book like that which is why it's helpful to use that two book system because you can kind of go and add that stuff into the book of shadows and then later as you're refining it you can add it to your grimoire yeah however and whenever you feel is necessary. So really the next question here is, do you do paper or do you do digital? Um, and this is a tough one because really the choice is yours. There are pros and cons to both of these. So if you wanna do things on paper, um, it's nice because handwriting things feels very fancy and very magical and very like old timey. Uh, and you always have a physical item that you can hold. It's easy to draw in and sort of sketch things. You have tons of customization options. You can like cut and paste things. You can use stickers, yeah. um, but it can be found and read by others, which is not great for closeted witches. Uh, it can be more difficult to edit because you have to like tear pages out and that's not always easy to do. Um, it can feel like a lot of work to write stuff in because you, especially if you've set up a fairly fancy system, like I have a specific pen and I want to write by candlelight yeah. and I have this thing and I want to write it in this way. So, um, you know, you don't want to create barriers for yourself there. You also have to remember... Um, like, will you take it with you if you have to evacuate as Californians who live in fire country? Like, yeah. That's a thing that we have to think about because there's no backup for that. I mean, you could like take pictures and save them and, or PDF them, obviously. But will you remember to take that with you? Do you want to have that portable so you're taking it with you like on a trip or anything like that? Um, and if you're recording, because we live in such a digital world, if you're recording like links to stuff, it doesn't work so well handwriting links. No. It's definitely not easy. No. <laughs> but if you really want to do it on paper, there's a lot of ways that you can do it. So you could use like a binder with like, you know, hole punched paper and, um, you know, like the sleeve protectors and stuff. Yeah, we know what binders are. Um, you can use like a traditionally bound book. Um, you get a fancy one. I mean, like life is short. Use the good china, right? Why save the fancy book? Just use the fancy book. Yeah, again, they're not expensive <laughs> at all, dude. You can get real cool paper journals for, like, very, very reasonable prices yeah. nowadays. Yeah, you can also use, like, a planner um, or a daily journal, a standard notebook, a blank sketchbook. You can make your own book. Yeah. Um, you can also use Bujo-style um, notebooks for um, that sort of thing. So you've got 
tons of options with uh, paper hell. If you really wanted to, you could just post it notes for everything. Yeah. Um, and for digital, um, you, it's, digital is great because if you're getting information online or you see pictures you like or links that have a bunch of helpful information, you just pop that link in your thing. Um, you can also take pictures or save pictures. You can use apps and some apps even have password protect, which would, which is great for closeted witches. Yeah, They do make password protected journal apps. So if you're trying to yeah. uh, keep that under the radar, that's a good solution. Exactly. Um, it's fairly easy to back this stuff up, especially yep. if you're um, not only using apps, but even still, if you are only using apps, a lot of apps have information that is saved in the cloud and not just on your device. Um, you will probably also take whatever your electronic device with you um, if you have to evacuate. <laughs> um, and it's also easy to read typed up material. You don't yeah. have to worry about handwriting. <laughs> well, it's easy to read and it's easy to organize because if, if you need to add more space to this page, then you just, you know, enter, enter, enter. Now you've got space on that page to type the new thing in and it reorganizes everything. You know, as well as you can, like, theoretically, if you are doing these as, like, part of a database system or an app a lot of times you can categorize oh yeah. this this entry is going to be in the tarot category and then this next entry is going to be in the spells category so you can be like spells boom right i mean yeah. it would be like it, it would be super easy to make a magical reference database on a computer yeah right i mean that's like I mean, that's something that we're going to do. That's a piece of cake. That is that's something, something that, that we I am kind, inevitably going to do. Have, we have, we're going to make We have the data, better. but we don't have the, like, database for, like, searchability and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I've been doing that since I was a child, making databases for my Magic the Gathering cards, because I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, you can, like, database everything so it's easier to search for. So, like, that's those are all pluses. Um, there are some but, downsides to yeah. electronic stuff too, which is that they're not physical. So for some people, they really want that physical touch. Um, but it's not physical. So like, what if you go camping and you don't have power? Yeah. Or, um, or just your power out for like goes out. Yeah. Um, or also, it's you like, lose like, your phone. Like, this is a little less like using your phone dope magical or like a laptop then, then like the like oh fancy. look at this fancy <laughs> yeah. book oh, you know so like there's de there's definitely the because like i write everything digitally right yeah so like when we legitimately when we do ritual i print out the word document because i don't need like it's like we don't need all these electronic lights we just have like a like a bonfire or uh you know candles or whatever the heck and it's like man i don't need this like bright screen i mean like we got all these lights on right now on the podcast but like when when you're like oh what's it's this? not you normally this you, bright in you, this room you turn it on and your face is just like ah! you know because it's like glowing blue from your screen or whatever i mean that's pretty dope if we're doing so, a ritual it's very dramatic it's very morticia adams yeah yeah, yeah, just light. Box. We just watched Adam's Family Values, and I've got the like light box under her face in my mind. Such, such that a movie, good movie. That movie Perfect. Perfect aged movie. very well. Um, so yeah, not a lot of people want to use tech when using magic, and we do have an episode um, of the podcast scheduled this year talking about technology in magic and using technology in magic and using magic for technology. So all of that techno magic stuff, um, but it's not. Just because there wasn't always technology doesn't mean that technology doesn't jive with magic. Yeah. And if you're a very, like, digital technology first kind of person, as many people I know are, there's nothing wrong with using technology for your magic. Yeah. Um, it's... Uh, 
digital stuff can also not be quite so easy to draw in if you're trying to be like, ah, I did a tea leaf reading and this is the shape I saw. Yeah, but you can also if you take don't pictures have, If you stuff. don't have like a drawing pad yeah. or you're not like particularly good at like Photoshop or you don't have access to those programs or like paint just doesn't want to work sometimes. Uh, so yeah, I get that. Yeah. But you also get the benefit of like, you can just take a picture with your cell phone, zoom in, crop, like on your phone, email that to yourself, put it in the word document. Well yeah. now, now you have a one source material yeah. as opposed to like you drawing it out. So like for me, I do a lot of stuff digital but I also do a lot of stuff um, on paper. On paper, yeah. but like generally, if I'm gonna do something like this, I would do like if I'm gonna write stuff down like that, I, I would do it digital, because like my handwriting's not great, and I'm not great at like drawing a picture of a thing. I do abstract art, and that is not the same <laughs> as being able to draw a person's face. I cannot at all draw a person's face. It's totally not there. Um, so pictures pictures is easier yeah you know now with having it be digital there's a lot of there's there are some other cons to some like um saving too much information can be overwhelming because now you have unlimited space you yeah. know to save information and are you really saving the thing if are you saving five links about one thing okay well is that a is that a little bit much maybe yeah. cut that down maybe yeah. cut that down to one or two um but also it can be easy to like squirrel uh, because you saw a notification come in from something else and now all of a sudden you're scrolling through Instagram. Uh, so those are, you know, some of the, some of the things, but as long as you're kind of keeping focus, I don't think if there's a problem, yeah. there's a, there's so many ways that you can use digital stuff for, for, for this magical like record of things. And it's so cool. So like you can use Microsoft suite. So like you can use Microsoft OneNote, which I use a lot and I'll, mm -hmm. we'll talk about that in, in a couple of minutes, but um, you can use like word and publisher and all, any of that stuff. Um, you can use Microsoft teams. If you have Microsoft and you want to create one, that's just your account. Yeah. You can use your own teams for you that. Use Excel. You can use the notes app on your phone. You can use planner apps and journal yep. apps. There are some Book of Shadows apps out there. Um, I've not used them, so I cannot comment yeah, on how good or either. bad. You can yeah. use Google Calendar for stuff yeah. and create a separate calendar for that sort of thing. That way you know when you did it. You can use uh, Open Office, which is free if you don't have access. Um, I use Google Sheets for uh, my correspondence database yeah. uh, because I need to be able to have it on my computer and on my phone and anywhere I go and very easy to deal with because I will be like in a store and I'm like, wait a minute, what's magical correspondences for this item at the grocery store in Safeway? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, you can also use social media um, to help you build grimoires like that. You can use Pinterest, you can use Instagram, you can use any anything you use snapchat tiktok whatever you're yeah. using you can like make separate accounts and a lot of them allow you to save collections of information so that you can sort of curate your own curate. digital yeah. stuff there too so you got a ton of information about creating grimoires but before you start because i feel like a lot of people are probably like super jazzed up and they're like i'm gonna do all the things um first ask yourself a few questions do you want this to be portable if you're picking up like a big old yeah. fancy blank leather bound sketchbook, you don't need like a forty five pound like <laughs> like uh like you know what is that like a seven page book you know he's like yeah. big bloody just like you know like that's it's dope 
And I definitely it's inevitably cool. want one. There's no but shade, that heavy, but bro. it does that work for you? Will that work for the way that you're going to handle yeah. it? What level of conspicuousness do you want this thing to be? Yes. Uh, are you going to make this thing like fancy with like? Yeah. Is it going like, to sit like on like an altar pedestal stuff? and dope, or are you like trying to keep this on the DL and you need it to just be like a journal with a lock on it? You know? Yeah, or like a composition notebook. Yeah. You know, what is your budget? That is another very important question. And not just the initial purchasing of the thing, but also any upkeep. So some apps um, will have... Like a monthly fee. Yeah, like a monthly fee. And some books, especially if you're going like super fancy, you got to buy the book and you want to have pens and you're going to put stickers, right? It's yeah. Stickers. And then you're going to want washi tape. Oh, and then man. you're going to want got those, all the We got things. those rewritable books. We have, those, we, have, we have those yeah. rewritable journals for a little bit, you know, with like, like weird plastic yeah. paper. We bought like all their pens and stuff. They were great for like a minute, but. They were, the Rocketbook was really great, but being a left-handed person, um, and we're not sponsored by Rocketbook, by the way, but like yeah. being a left-handed person, it was very difficult for me to not use smear your because page. it because of the pens, mm. they like take a little bit to dry to smear. But also, if you're like using the page as a template, and many of mine were used as templates, and you've like erased or used it a few times, there were there would be areas on the page where like the film coating had worn off, and you couldn't like you couldn't put letters down there but yeah. i still use the pens because they're erasable pens oh yeah they're, they're good amazing. erasable pens yeah yeah yeah, yeah we used it pens. And, like, it's, like it was cool but like i don't know it wasn't my thing i'm uh, first of all i prefer to write on graph paper than lined i don't like lined paper i prefer graph paper um and and like i don't like the feedback i use like very specific pens and very specific pencils because i'm again weird um so uh i i don't like the pens like, yeah. like they're good pens but like they're it's not the kind of pens that i would use and and like it's erasable but i would rather use a pencil regardless of the fact that the pencil i use is a drafting pencil it doesn't have an eraser on top of it and i don't know where my eraser is so everything i write in pencil is permanent but that's fine it's theoretically erasable and i think that's all that counts yeah, I love these high school pens. <laughs> for, for so me. yeah, budget—a very important question to yes. ask yourself for this sort of thing. Um, also, are are you going to spill things on this? Um, because I know I am very messy uh, and clumsy. So are you going to want to pay like a hundred bucks for a very fancy or like spend a bunch of time making a very fancy book and then you're using it and then you accidentally spill something on it? Is that going to like make the ink? go are you using an ipad is that going to be okay <laughs> you know so um how clumsy are you and is that going to impact it do you need removable pages especially if you're doing something on paper like are you going to want to rearrange things maybe not having stuff in a specifically bound book is going to be quite as good uh as something that's a little bit more like a binder where pages can be like wherever you want them to be uh, and also, what medium do you want to use? So he likes drafting pencils, and I like these. Yeah. I like these erasable ink uh, pens. But like, you know, what else do you want to use? Are you a pencils person? Do you want to use watercolors? Some of the some of the mediums will also depend on what kind of paper you should be yeah. using too. I uh, I got these these graph paper um, like spiral bound notebooks because I, I like wrapping them around to organize like the week and the social media posts and and 
what I have to do for the podcast and the Etsy shop and, and Patreon and like all the stuff, right? Uh, and the, at the beginning of the year, I did the first week and I was just like, oh my God, I have these really nice alcohol pins that I like to use for art. Uh, and so I was like, I'll use my nice alcohol pens. They're like bright colors and all this. And I did that like w for the first week and was like, all right, well, those bleed. So I can't, <laughs> I can't use those. Uh, so I had to switch to colored pencils. Yeah. So like, that's one of those things where it's like, it had I not had colored pencils, I would have had to like change it up. Also, it's because I wanted to put like color and decorations in my book. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, so yeah, definitely you want to think about like, like, what medium are you going to do this in and, like, what makes sense? Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, storage. Um, how, how are you going to take that with you if you have to go somewhere or if you want to take it with you somewhere? Yeah. And where is it going to go when it's not in use? Um, these are questions that are especially important for someone who is a closeted witch or someone who wants to go out and do witchy stuff out in the world as opposed to, like, in their own personal magical space. Uh, all important things to, to think about. Yeah. You know? Um, so, uh, what do you use very specifically for your Book of Shadows and your grimoire? Well, so, with regard to the, with regard to the two-party system, uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm on the stand here. Hamilton. Um, so, no, uh, with regard to the, the, the like, two-stage system, so, I don't really have a written grimoire that's like my information but i buy a lot of esoteric books there's a couple of uh european like english there's an english company and there's like a swiss company and then there's an american company that i buy um like really 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 high quality small batch like magical practitioner books that's like like my demonology book my king james demonology book i got from them that's uh an english book uh but it was it's bound in italian in uh, italy it's like an italian hand-bound book but it's from an english company oh no the king the king james one is german oh no, no okay yeah yeah. yeah that one was bound in germany my other one my the other um, demonology yeah, book yeah, was the, bound in italy or whatever whatever however you pronounce the name whatever the oh, name is for that I don't, I don't I don't remember it's it's back there um but uh <laughs> that one that one's somewhere. that one's Italian and like and like uh so yeah so for grimoires I just sort of like collect magical books like every time we go to a bookstore I'm just like it's it's like my thing we go to a bookstore I want to see if there's like a dope magical book uh, if we go to a grocery store I want to buy a plant from the plant section of the grocery store yeah or a hardware store I want to buy a plant section from there also I even brought I you a plant plants. when you didn't go to the grocery that's true. store. She went to the grocery store, brought me a plant anyway. Yeah. So always get a plant. I don't know. That's my thing. <laughs> but uh, so that's what I do. That's what I do like grimoire wise. And then for a book of shadows thing, I um, so I record my tarot reading. So generally before this, I kind of like ne I, I never wrote anything down. Right. Like a couple of years back, never wrote anything down. It was just kind of like whatever. Like I see it. It's good. I'm out. Um, and I just like remembered it and then inevitably forgot it. But then about a year ago ish, I started writing it all down. Um, I have like, uh, like travel tarot cards, like tiny tarot cards. Um, and so like, like on my lunch, I would like, like pull tarot cards. Cause like, I'm just sitting at my desk eating lunch or whatever, you know? So, um, 
uh, you know, there was there's not a break room anymore. It's nowadays times. But I, uh, so, so like, I would, like, sit at my desk at lunch, and I'd, like, pull tarot cards, and I just wrote it down on a Post-it note. Yeah. And I just stuck it to my, you know, stuck it underneath my monitor, and then, like, would go about. And that, that stack grew to unwieldy proportions. Um, so I was just like, all right, well, I got to do something about that. And I had started writing my tarot readings down in my schedule, which like every Sunday I sit down and I like draw up a week schedule in my book, you know, across two pages and I like date it and I number it and I, you know, do whatever drawings I want in it. And then like write down, like organize like posts and what we're talking about, what we're going to do with like YouTube videos and like all that kind of stuff. Right. So it's, it's, it's just like a, like a planner essentially yeah. it's like a, every week i make the plan for the fall for the upcoming week on sundays uh because your week starts on sunday if you think weeks start on monday you're wrong you're wrong all of you are wrong uh <laughs> weeks start on sunday it's a sunday to saturday thing i'll die on that hill um but uh i will too but uh so i in the beginning like for the first week of this year i wrote my tarot readings down in that uh but again i have terrible handwriting so and like it's not really like i, I have to use a clipboard because it's like a it's like a floppy book um it's not like a hardcover book it's like a notebook it's, it's like, like a, notebook. a graph it, it is literally notebook. a graph paper it's a notebook like a for like math no, yeah class, a spiral bound notebook or geometry class but it's because i prefer it to be spiral bound so i can turn it all the way around because i don't like having that center spine um and i prefer graph paper uh over lined paper yeah it's just like a thing uh, so I started doing that and I was just like not into it. So I basically like scrubbed. I spent like a whole day uh, like scrubbing through journal apps to see like which yeah. journal app I would like. And I found a journal app that it that's like very simple, very straightforward. It reminds you um, to do it, which is nice. Um, and so I just I took the 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 um, one of the questions that the journal app because the journal app is organized by questions so like it asks you the same basically like the same five questions every day and you answer those five questions every single day right um so one of the questions asks about like daily affirmation words or something like that honestly i don't even I, it was just the question that i was like whatever this question i'm gonna write tarot <laughs> i was just like i was like nah, this question tarot uh the other questions okay this one man uh, so, um, so I just record the tarot in that and the app has the ability to export the stuff. I haven't tried that yet or done it. Um, but so I write it down in there and yeah. that way, like if it's like, you know, a day later and we're talking about, oh, the tarot cards on the thing, I can just like look it up and be like, oh, it meant these things. So I just, I write it down in an app. Uh, and then obviously I design all of the book of shadows pages for our podcasts, Patreon, um, so I guess that kind of counts as building a grim a digital grimoire. Yeah. Right, because it's it's very like research knowledge that that's gathered as reference and stuff like that. In fact, I use the rune one all the time. Yes. As a reference, because I yeah, have you do. I have two rune two rune decks like tarot style decks, um, and then like a set of regular like hand carved wooden runes that I made, um, and uh, the rune book I have. The description for both of the decks and the one that we have are all the one that we have are all slightly different. I mean, all the all the things are the same thing, but like like the yeah. the, the like way that they organize the keywords differs just ever so slightly. So I like to use like all of them as a reference material to get like the full scope of what that means 
you yeah. know? So, because my the little red book that I have for runes is um, very informed by Wicca. Yeah. I mean, hell, I think the book's from, like, the 80s. So. Yeah. Or, yeah. like, early 90s or late 80s or something. So, it's, it's, it's an older book anyway. Yeah. Sad that that says older because I was born in the late 80s, but that's neither here nor there. Well, as someone born in the early 80s, I am more sad than you are about that. That's fair. I'm okay with being old. Whatever. Once your hair goes gray, it should be easier to dye because I don't have to bleach the shit out of it, right? Yeah, I'm still waiting for that for me. I'm, like, getting there. (laughs) Yeah. But I've been going, I've been, like, mostly gray since I was, like, 16. Mm. So there's that. No. No. My hair's dark, and we have to bleach the ever-living heck out of it to get color in it. Yeah. It's not an easy task. No. For me. <laughs> no, and it's even worse in the beard. It's so hard to get the stripe in my beard. If you're not watching this uh, on YouTube, then you have no fucking clue what we're talking about. But my hair is like blue to pink ombre. Um, so it's like blue, purple, pink. You know, like the colors for the show. And um, yep. we have a pink, although it, it shows up pretty red. It's very red. It's very red, even though it's like supposed to be like hot pink uh, stripe in my beard. I don't know why I put a stripe in my beard. It's just like a thing that I think looks cool. Um, so I do it. You that's it. said when we first did it, you said you wanted to look like Scar, you know, from Lion King. That was for a cosplay, though, wasn't that? I don't know. I don't remember. Eh, whatever. I don't, think so. I don't know. I do it anyway. Who cares? <laughs> pink stripe in my beard, although it's pretty red. <laughs> yeah. It's supposed to be pink. I'm very. I like pink hair. So. Yeah. And purple hair. And purple hair. Yeah. 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 So I do mine like I. No, no, hold I, on, I'm, hold on. What do you do for Grimoire and Book of Shadows? Oh, okay. ah. well, thank you for asking. Yeah. Um, Got it. <laughs> for my Book of Shadows, the journal type one, I write it all down by hand. So I have a like super cute leather bound book that has like embossed leather dragon designs and stuff like that. Um, with like nice paper. It looks like it's handmade that you actually got me a couple of years ago for Valentine's Day, I think. And um, it's, it's, better than mine it's it. been sitting in like my like box of like art supplies and me being like, I'm gonna make that for a magical book someday. And then I like open it up and then I'm like, ooh, I'm too stressed out to like put information in this. And I am uh, not, not, you know, so uh, this year... Not motivated to do that. Well, it wasn't not motivated. It's more, like, racked with anxiety <laughs> about it. Um, there's people out there. You, you know you know what I'm talking about. Um, so this year I decided that I was... That was my, my... That my, like, New Year's resolution was to do, like, a little bit of magic every day. Just a little bit every day. And that's really not far off from what I normally do anyways, because for me, like sometimes that's um, working on a visualization and things like that when I'm meditating after doing yoga. And sometimes that's me doing tea leaf readings. And sometimes that's um, musings about things that I'm learning while I'm researching stuff for the podcast or um, doing tarot card readings or, you know, whatever the thing is that I'm doing. So it's really not that far off for, it wasn't that big of a leap for me to do it. And I had already been writing things down like by hand for divination stuff and just sort of like fell off of that cliff um and decided that I wanted to get back on it so I write in that with the reusable pens uh and I am very unstructured about it so like I write the date and then I write the thing and then I leave a little bit of space and then I make like a wavy line with a highlighter and then that's the next day 
Oh my god. <laughs> I have I am very It's very unstructured. Very structure driven, so like It's very unstructured. Uh when I used to write mine um, down in, fact, in my captain's log book, every page was the exact same structure. Oh, I yeah, used no, a Star Trek no. brand captain's yeah, the, log journal. The first week for a while. that I did it, I had like, I don't know, four entries, and then the second page has something like nine entries and it's just it's very unstructured. Oh, man, no. It depends on what's happening. Um sometimes I want to write more and sometimes I want to write less. Um so that's the Book of Shadows, but the grimoire part, the reference material stuff, that's sort of like all over the place. So sometimes I'll use physical books like um like the books that we have and I will also use the Book of Shadows pages. I all um as far as like physical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but um most of that most of the reference material stuff for me is digital. So whether that's looking back at podcast notes for information or um, you know, other things, uh, it's all sort of there. So like, I am super in love with Microsoft OneNote. Microsoft OneNote is like my favorite program. Not a fan. Um, it is like having a binder with tabs on digital and you can put anything in it. You got a picture, you paste that picture in there and you can access it from other devices. And I am so in love with Microsoft OneNote. So I have um, a Folders lot of and that. Word documents. That's what I like. No. Folders and Word documents no. and Excel files. Because I want to be able yeah. to access it all at the same time and I want to be able to quickly and easily switch without having to have a whole bunch of windows open. Um, I have two monitors because I want... See, I only have one monitor. All the windows open all the time. I Honestly, I want a third monitor, but that's... Well, and I started crazy. using Microsoft OneNote for work. Um, yeah. and, and that sort of like led to this like, oh, epiphany yeah. for it. So I use Microsoft OneNote and uh, I super love it. It's definitely my favorite. Like all the spells that I write go in there and um, and I can kind of like edit them out. And if I'm working on a spell, then I'll have that open um, like split screen and we'll be writing down like correspondences. Like if I'm going to make a spell jar, I'm going to look through the correspondences database and get like colors and herbs and stones and all that other stuff. And it's all going to get written down in there. And then I'm going to sort of process of elimination, take things out or choose things that I want to use specifically for it. And the correspondence list that is, it's a, it's a quite large database that I have within my uh, Google sheets. Mm. And it's got like, oh my gosh, it's got each page within the Google sheet is a particular type of correspondence. So I have one that's like herbs and plants and food. And then I have one that's like gemstones. I have one for different types of metals and colors. I have ones for sabots and animals and chakras, like any of all of that stuff. And, And they're not all like fully fleshed out. Like if I haven't come across the information yet, um, then it's just sort of there as a placeholder. And I'm just like, I'll get to that later. But it's something that is that I am constantly looking at and that I constantly update and, and like fully flesh out and add things to and remove things or merge things. Mm-hmm. Like a couple of weeks ago, I noticed that I had two, like an entry for Lotus flower and then blue lotus and i was like well this is dumb i should merge those together and then when i was in it today looking for something i realized that i had spearmint and peppermint and mint and i cannot abide by that they all have to be condensed into mint 
Oh, but they're different kinds of mint. I know they're that, but plants. I don't want chocolate that. Chocolate mint's a different plant, and it but should be its own line that. also. <laughs> I don't want that. Oh, <laughs> I want no. them all within the same thing. No, 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 it's no, no. the way no. my mind works. Super, s- all the information. Granular. Yeah, but when you're having to search granular. for it, and I, and I do search for a lot of information within there shit, with, like, keyword searching. So I do most of my journal-type Book of Shadows stuff on paper, and I do most of my reference material-type stuff electronically. Oh, and um, as far as calendaring goes, I have the information for how to um, calculate magical dates in the Microsoft OneNote, um, as well as in like some podcast, like a smattering of podcast notes. Um, And then I physically write it down on the calendar that's in the front of my Book of Shadows. Mm. Uh, And then I put that on our main calendar, which lives in the kitchen, that we like schedule regular like stuff out. Like we got an appointment, you write that down on the calendar. Yeah, Um, adults. Yeah, so all of that stuff is there. And originally the plan was to put that stuff also in Google Calendar, but just like I have not gotten we, we don't to have that, time yet. For that yet. I don't yeah. have time yeah. for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's how I um, that's how I do all that stuff. All right. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So um, we have a spell to consecrate the Grimoire Book of Shadows or any of the magical books. And I originally wrote this um, in mind for Isis um, because Isis is one of the deities connected to magic and wisdom and learning. So she's someone that would consecrate or protect um, sort of a a magical thing. Although I wouldn't necessarily say that my Book of Shadows or any of that stuff is dedicated to Isis. Yeah. You know? Well, this isn't about a dedication. This is about consecration. And, And you can also, like, if you're not, like... If you don't jive with Isis, you can use this as a framework, a superstructure to input the deity with which you want to consecrate your book with. Or leave out the deity part and then just, like, come up with something to consecrate it non-deatitiously. Yeah, spirits. Or you can use the name of a popular old-timey magician or new-timey magician. You know, like if you're very into like traditional Wicca, you could, you know, use like I consecrate this. Yeah. You could use like Gerald Gardner as your as your deity if you want to do that. So um, you only really need a couple of things for this. You need the magical book that you want to consecrate and as many items from the correspondence list uh, as you like. And we're going to talk about that after we talk about the spell um, placed in a bowl. So when I wrote this, um, I wrote it super simple. So um, I... Uh, so you're going to want to take the book and um, clear your mind, do all that regular stuff that you would for any sort of magical working, and then place the book on your altar. And then the bowl with the desired magical items goes on top of said book. If you're using something electronic, put it on top of your phone or your laptop or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I was using uh, dried blue lotus because that's a thing that we have. And lotus is known for spiritual connection and connection with deities as well as additional, as well as magical power and um clear quartz which is a sort of an amplifier and sort of all-purpose type of stone as well as i have this really cool um octagon of lapis lazuli um which is uh associated with like wisdom and spiritual knowledge uh and put those on there so i put that on the book and say isis or whatever deity you want um all that is or Isis, all that has been and will be, teach me your words of power. Show me how to cultivate knowledge and guide me on my magical path. 
and then meditate on how you plan to use this book. So think about visualize how you plan to use this book and what it will help you accomplish and how satisfied you'll feel really from using this book in whatever manner it is. And if this is just like a store-bought book that you got, that's like such and such witchcraft book that you thought would be really cool and you really like it and you want to use it later for reference, you can do that too. It doesn't have to be a book that you're necessarily writing yourself. Um, and then when you're done with that, you're done. It's that simple. Yeah. 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 Invoke, meditate. Yeah. Uh, easy peasy stuff. Uh, and as for correspondences, um, there's a ton of things that work well for using um, for like a book of shadows. And you can use these correspondences in a variety of ways. You can have, um, you know, pictures of these things things on on or in your well yeah they things. can be it can be can iconography yeah. it can be material based uh it can be like for colors obviously the outside color of the book now if you like a blue book that doesn't mean that it necessarily you're getting this book because of its blue correspondences it might just be that you like this blue book and yeah. that's also fine so these correspondences are are things that we have thought would make good pairings and like, like, and or like iconography or materials, um, or deities to associate with your grimoire or yeah. like with our grimoire. Grimoires, yeah, or were. like stones that you always keep near it, mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. maybe you want to drink a particular tea yeah. as you work on it, or um, you know leaves of a plant using as a you know as yeah. A, if you're making your paper a, yourself, you can like embed leaves in it or what have you. Yeah, or even just as like a bookmark. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of different things that you can sort of do for this. So animals that would be associated with um, magical books would be. Cranes, dragonfly, eagles, owls, of course, ravens, and a wren, which is a bird. Yes. Uh, and and we've talked about this in previous episodes, but I'm only reading a portion of the correspondence list um, because this is not a podcast where I just read lists. So for the full list that's on our Book of Shadows pages through our Patreon, yeah. um, these are just sort of the highlights. As for colors, um, really pick any color that resonates with you, yeah. but in particular, um, magically inclined colors would be black or purple or yellow. Um, including gold. Uh, as for stones, uh, apatite, clear quartz, copper, fluorite, hematite, lapis, obsidian, uh, selenite, and sodalite are all really, really great stones for using for a book of shadows. And for plants, uh, beech, uh, for a while, people would use beech leaves as bookmarks in Book of Shadows um, in the Wiccan tradition. So that's definitely a thing that you can sort of take there too. Uh, carnations, cloves, clover, dogwood, whorehound, myrrh, sage, of course, for everything. <laughs> and like literally a ton of other plants and herbs. Um, as for deities, there's a whole bunch of deities. Really, you can use whatever deity you want or no deity at all but if you're looking for one that's specifically about magic or about knowledge you can look towards using athena or dagda which is actually the most recent deep dive on the podcast that we did yep. um that was episode 29 um and we talk a bit about that he's very known for magic stuff there's also frig and hecate and isis um we did a deep dive on her um so you can get more information about that through our isis episode um odin we talked a little bit about odin in our intro to odinism and modern heathenry so that might be a good episode to listen to if you're interested in 
that, as well as Thoth, the Egyptian god of wisdom. Um, And there are some foods, too, and uh, it's kind of up to you how you want to handle that, uh, but maybe you incorporate that somehow into your magical practice. Um, Things that are particularly good for magic would be um, cherry, cilantro, dill, um, ginger, lemongrass, and vanilla. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, those are those are the correspondences. Uh, well, those are that's a portion of the correspondences. So uh, you know, check out our uh, Book of Shadows pages on the Patreon for more of those. If that's what you're trying to get into, uh, we would like to. Speaking of Patreon, Patreon, give a shout out to our patrons: Alan, Miranda, Helena, and Alexa. You guys are awesome. Um, thank so you. Thank you for being awesome. Your support helps us do it does what do we do stuff. and to do it a little bit better every time. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so next up, next week, um, next Monday, is our pub chat. So if you have any questions, don't forget to submit those. You can reach us on social media. Um, if you're part of our Patreon, you get access to a like a Discord channel that we have where we just kind of like chit-chat all the time about stuff. So you can, you can put them in there. Um, Julie keeps a list of the questions mm-hmm. for like what she wants uh, or for like what we need to answer and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. Submit those for the next one, and you then can the also next... um, hit us up on our website or through social media, which you can find it. Oh yeah, you can totally hit questions. us up. We do have a we do have a like, what's that called? Submission form or yeah, something. Like we have like a form. we have like a contact form on the website that I set up that comes to my email. So if you like can't find us on social media or whatever, and all the links are on the website. Um, but like you know, if you want to just hit us up that way, it sends me an email. As well as my email address is listed on there. I think both of our email addresses are listed on there as well. Um, so, yeah. Uh, pub Chats next week at our next full-length episode in two weeks is Imbolc 102. So we're going to get a little bit yep. deeper dive into Imbolc. So stay tuned for that. But uh, either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. Um, this has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys in the next time. Uh, stay magical, folks. Yeah. And don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. <laughs>